Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 11 to 1, Monday Motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. You've tested positive for COVID-19. Imagine actually hearing that. I mean, we hear about it and read about it and we know the symptoms and the period of isolation and all the rest of it. But very rarely do we think about how we would feel if we tested positive. My next guest was diagnosed in late March and although she experienced some of the symptoms like exhaustion, shortness of breath, high temperature, she didn't expect to lose her sense of taste and smell. And she certainly didn't expect to feel so exhausted after simple tasks three months on. Despite going through absolute hell for the past few months, including feeling helpless as her mother was taken to ICU, also diagnosed with COVID-19, she's decided to do something positive. She set up a COVID support group to help others who are still coming to terms with their experience of the virus and the challenges they face long after they're supposed to be COVID free. Joining me now to tell us more about her experiences and how she keeps herself going is Claire Toomey. She's founder of COVID Cases Support Group and she's from Ashburn. How are you doing, Claire? Hi Sinead, thank you so much for having me on today and that was actually a really lovely introduction and got me a little bit emotional. Thank you so much <laughs> I, listen, I, I don't want to get you too emotional now because I know you've been absolutely through, through the ringer but take me back to the start of this. Tell me when you first started to feel unwell. Okay, so our test, our date that we tested positive was March 29th which was a Sunday and a few days before that personally I had developed um, a headache and some sinus pain. Now, I suffer sinus pain every year when the seasons are starting to change, so I thought nothing of it. And, you know, we were all looking for the standard symptoms of the cough and the shortness of breath. But what I did notice was in both my parents, in like the space of two days, they had developed the cough and uh, shortness of breath and they were completely exhausted. So on the Saturday night, we went into Amy and then the test came back on the Sunday and we were all tested positive. So, yeah. And yeah, I must have mentioned actually your, your dad as well. He, so the, the three of you actually yeah. got, got this, this symptoms. And so you all kind of started to feel unwell at the same time. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. While our, our symptoms were very different and even while speaking to the hospital, because um, myself and my dad were discharged and we were monitored remotely from the matter. Um, I still didn't feel like the, the typical symptoms that we were looking out for for another three or four days later. Um, it was, wasn't until I think the Thursday that I had started to get 
fever myself and um, the shortness of breath and the cough and, um, you know, the extreme exhaustion that I mentioned. Yeah. OK. So, you know, when you when you get the results and you're diagnosed with COVID-19, mm-hmm. what is going through your mind? I imagine that is a very, very anxious uh, period of time. I mean, I can't even imagine what, what how to wrap your head around it. Yeah, it, it was scary. Um, I think I was shocked, you know, like we all three of us are healthy and um, in a good place and we didn't expect to to be vulnerable to catching it, I suppose. And um, although I do have sports-induced asthma, um, however, I was lucky I didn't need the process of, you know, the ventilator, but your instant reaction is how and you know you think you're doing all the right things and but we were social distancing we were following the guidelines and of course the added extra of being worried about my parents you mm. know and the unknown really because this was back in March so it was still really early on yeah and absolutely people were we were not, still finding our way with this yes yes exactly so we didn't really know, we had no idea what was about to unfold ahead of us you know um and I, I guess like I would have been one of the people who was thinking, you know, oh, I'm never going to get this mm-hmm. or we'll all bounce back from this, you know, but it is not your average flu um, or viral infection. And um, it's been very challenging. So, yeah, yeah a lot, a, it was a bit of a shock, I have to say now. And very challenging it is, exactly, because after you all ended up diagnosed, your mum was the one that was taken into ICU, which must have been just very, very terrifying as well. And this woman, can I just say, she is also, we have to mention her as an incredible, inspirational woman, because she really put up a fight and is mm-hmm. back home and all the rest of it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And her spirits were so high the whole way through. So, I think when we, the day we got the, te- the te- positive test results, she had contacted me from her mobile from the hospital ward and her first concern was our neighbours because she had dropped them in flowers. They had a birthday and she dropped them in flowers a few days before and her concern was to let them know mm. to take the flowers out of the room. You know, she was the whole time thinking of everybody else. Um, but she ended up having, you know, a pretty... A pretty rough experience herself. She was four weeks in hospital altogether. Um, and I think shortly, it was like three or four days in, she was put on a ventilator. So, And she spent about, I think, 10 or 11 days on the ventilator altogether. And she remained in ICU for quite some time. So it, it was very, it was sad and mm. uh, stressful, you know, during that time. Because obviously me and my dad weren't feeling well ourselves. My sister lives in Dunshockland and she was unable to be a part of anything with us because she couldn't, you know, be yeah. put at risk. And just the uncertainty of of it all and the not being able to do anything and the not being able to see her. You know, there's, mm. there's a lot of comfort you get when someone's been sick, when you can go in to visit them. And that was kind of taken away from everybody who, at, at this time, for, who, who had someone who was sick with COVID. So it was challenging. Very, very challenging. And, you know, the the recovery process has been extremely difficult. I mean, you had no idea that... Actually, do you know what? Tell me me the story of cleaning everywhere with bleach. Tell me that story because we we spoke about this on the phone and this is when you realised, oh God, I actually have more symptoms. Yeah, so when I tested positive, I, I felt relatively well. So it wasn't what I expected. And I was on the phone. As I said, we were monitored remotely and I was on the phone to the nurse. 
and they were checking in. They were like, okay, how are you now? How are you now? And I was like, yeah, I'm still fine. Like, I've just cleaned the house top to bottom with Dettol. Um, and that was my first reaction, you know, when we tested mm. positive. I was like, I have to clean the house. I have to get this out of the house. And it wasn't further into the call that I realised, oh, my God, I can't actually smell the Dettol that I've just laced the house with, you know. So that was my first really, oh, my God, I really do have this, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was the strangest sensation. And my loss of taste and smell still haven't properly returned to me. Um, I currently still have no appetite and I could go days without eating anything at the moment, um, which is also worrying and challenging, you know. Yeah, because these are symptoms that we don't hear about. These are stories that we don't hear about. I mean, we see yeah. people who have come out of hospital and they're miraculous and it's, it's fantastic. Obviously, they're getting home. Yeah. But this is something that you are living with now, three months on. So loss of taste and smell, also sheer exhaustion. I mean, we, we talked about simple tasks. You also spoke to me about a task where you were hoovering and you had to go to yeah. the bed for, for days at a time for, for the rest of the afternoon. This is the reality. Mm-hmm. Any kind of physical exertion is exhausting. Um, I like I would be very active. I would class myself as a very active person. I yoga, I seek swim, I hike, and I go out to work every day of the week. And I can't do any of those things now. I when I saw a good, good few weeks ago now when I thought I was getting better, I started to ease myself back into the running and the yoga and like particularly the running. My breathing was just not. And as I said, I have sports-induced asthma, but it was not where it was pre-COVID. And with yoga, um, you know, like I've been trying to do more slower flows, but like 15 minutes in and I've had to stop and then come to bed or come to the couch and I end up like kind of feeling really, really tired and sickly for the rest of the day. And like simple tasks like cooking and uh, trying to cook a meal or as, as you said, they're hoovering my bedroom floor, put me into bed for like four hours, you know, mm. and particularly what I find challenging is even concentrating. If I like even with TV or reading a book um, or something on the laptop, I, I don't get more than like an hour and a half before I have to come away from it. And I'm exhausted after it. I can't take it anymore, you know, and oh, yeah. I, I made a trip back into the matter. Uh, two weeks ago for some blood tests and stuff like that and I spent the rest of the day in bed after that mm. that little mm. visit like it's just it, it's exhausting you know and, and it's kind of worrying especially if you're used to being mobile and moving around and also putting pressure on like I put a lot of pressure on myself I was trying to get back to work trying to get back to my normal routine and I couldn't understand why mm. you know it was it's, it, it, it is, it's, it's scary, you know. It is, but you, do you know what it is about you? You are incredible because you are going through all of this and you're thinking of other people. You are setting up a support group. Tell me about this because I just think, you know, if that was me, I'd just be in a corner crying somewhere. And I, you know, but you're reaching out to, to, to others. Tell me about this uh, support group because this is the first one of its kind in Ireland. So, first of all, full disclosure, I have those days, Sinead, where I'm curled up in my duvet. <laughs> Listen, no judgments, Claire, no judgments. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know I'm not saying I don't find it hard. I absolutely do. But I guess in the point, like I think it's about maybe six weeks ago now, and I actually got worse, okay? So my fever came back, my cough came back, sinus pit, uh, sinus pit, oh God, I'm losing my words now. Sinus you're okay, you're back. okay, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? Like, surely I cannot be the only person who, you know, why am I struggling to bounce back from this? So what I started to do was I was researching 
journal articles and Google, you know, going into Google and I was finding people who were reaching out and speaking out. And then I thought, okay, I wonder, is there um, a group? Is there a place for people to go? Because I had seen things created for like the healthcare workers and stuff like that. And I, so I searched it and I Googled it and I actually didn't come across anything for Ireland. But that's not to say that I might have missed something. Mm. But I did join one that was an American-based one. And it was hugely uplifting. You know, I told my family about it and they were like, you know, a little bit cautious and like, oh, don't be scaremongering yourself and, and things like that. And it really isn't about that. You know, it, it, there's something so powerful in sharing your story with somebody else who completely understands what you're going through. And we're now dealing with this really unknown, uncertain, new thing in our lives. You know, this there is no, like articles on this from years ago you know we don't know what to expect now yeah. we're still learning we're all still learning and I think I and you know while I have and have been incredibly lucky by the people that surround us and the support that they've given when I would tell people I was tired or this is going on you know they tired and exhaustion and fatigue they don't cover the you know they don't explain the depth of it and I really I just wanted to speak to people who who also had it. And sure enough, I discovered that there were hundreds and thousands of people all the world over who are still recovering to bounce back. And it just gave me so much reassurance. I knew I wasn't imagining it. I knew it wasn't just personal to me. And I thought, okay, there, I'm going to just took a leap of faith. And I said, I'll create this for Irish people, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there's a few people on it now. And um they're, you know, hopefully experiencing positive things from it and we're sharing our stories and people are sharing like articles and new information that, that's coming out about recovery now. And, and I'm finding it a very positive experience personally. So I just wanted to create that space for me, but also for everybody else, you know. Absolutely. And I, I really commend you because it's a fantastic idea. And as you say, you know, getting it out there and creating the awareness and sharing it with each other is all going to, to work so, so well for you. Is there a stigma surrounding this? When people learn you have it, do they behave yeah. differently towards you? Um, I can't really fully answer that question because I haven't returned to to, to, the, to normal society. Mm. Yes, I do know that like um, my family and friends and our neighbours have been fantastic um, throughout this whole thing. You know, they literally just came in, picked up our lives for us. And, and if it wasn't for that, I really don't know how we would have gone through it but um, I can imagine that there's fear out there and and, you know unsure of how transparency really works and things like that but overall I found um, it's mostly positive yeah yeah like Mm. I mean of course like it's it's worrying and there are people who are still unsure Um, I'm not sure now if other people have had different experiences but me thankfully I've had mostly positive encounters but like I said I'm not back in society yet mm. you know I'm not I'm not out every day I'm not ret- returned to work yet I barely go near the shops I go in and I pick up one thing and I come back out again so um, I don't know is the answer to that yet yeah. you know but so, I do think that sorry to cut you off like it, people are starting to kind of learn now about the recovery you know like there is this like I've read lots of things online. I've seen things on social media about conspiracy theories and all it's just mm. like a flu. But now obviously more and more people are speaking out and people are learning. Like even my own family and friends are, you know, sad to, and, and, and surprised at the recovery um, as well. So I think that, that the awareness building is helping with that, you know. 
Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we've, we've you know, uh, imparted some of, some of that to people today. You know, you're an incredibly positive person. I know that from even chatting to you on the phone prior to, to come on on the show. And I know even as we're talking now, you are doing so much to help other people despite what you're going through. I commend you for what you're doing. And thank you so, so much for joining me on the show. And I wish you full health and recovery very, very soon, Claire Toomey. Oh, thank you so much, Sinead. And can I just say, if anyone's listening and they want to join the support group, you can access it on Facebook. Um, it's pinned to the top of my page, which is Internal Connections. And you can also access it through the link on my Instagram as well. Perfect. And we, thank you so much for having me. Not at all. And we will post that link as well on our Facebook oh, okay. a, li- a little bit later on. But for now, thank you so, so much for joining me on the show. Thanks a million, Sinead. Take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.